how y'all doing this morning? Good. We're trying a new mic out this morning, so uh, bear with us a little bit. We may have to do some adjusting. If you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Acts chapter 20. We're really going to do a lot of verses this morning, uh, so we'll kind of be doing going all over the place. Uh, those of you who are guests, we are really honored that you're here this morning. We really appreciate it, and uh, we have some guest uh, cards in the pockets on the chairs in front of you. You get an opportunity, if you fill that out and get it to us, we'd really appreciate it. And this, just so you know, guests, um, I'm preaching about giving today. <laughs> we have been, since uh, right after um, Thanksgiving, been talking about money. Bible talks so much about money. And the first things we started talking about in money is how we spend too much of it. We just go crazy buying stuff that we don't need and just so we can impress those people that we don't like. And um, so we, we kind of went through some of those things some of that, and some of the biblical ways of handling money. Yeah, the Bible speaks more about money than it does heaven or hell. You may find that hard to believe, but I think it does that because God knows that money gets a hold of us real quick. It, we get our attention when you talk about that. Last week we talked about generosity, how wonderful generosity is, really how genius, how smart it is to be generous. You know, it's the ultimate win-win. When you give, you're happy to give. Gretchen, you're going to be so happy to give me something this year, huh? You did it all on your own. That's awesome. It better be good. <laughs> Hopefully it's what I asked for. Um, it's good open figures. She may not be so happy to give after all. <laughs> Maybe I won't give you what I bought for you. Oh, anyway, there's, there's always that extra sack of coal that just for one of the kids who doesn't do right, I'll just get that to them. No, it's great to give. I feel good when I give. In fact, I'd, I'd really rather give than receive. And then, But you also win when you receive. The gift, oh, I had a lot of gifts this week really good stuff, and, and I'm really happy about that. I'm just really blessed, and it, it's just, it's a win-win thing. It's just the smartest thing to do, and you know, we're here at Christmas time, and, and everybody's generous at Christmas time. They smile, and they, they thank you for this, and they give you this, and, and don't you wish they did that all 11 months? All the other 11 months? You know, as soon as Christmas is over, though, you know they're going to go back to being mean again. This morning, though, I want to talk to you about some, some, some why God prospers generous people. Really, what I want to talk to you about is the traits of, a, of generosity, of genuine generosity. You know, God has put forth some things in his words, some facts, and some, some principles that will help us to be real generous people and thus be the smartest people around. So let me get going on. Let's, let's start... Let's start, well, I'm, only, I'm not sure I want to give you this fact. Maybe I should. Did you know that in the United States, evangelical churches, which our church would be part of that big group, the average giving of people in the, in the church is 2.5%. You know what? I'm really thankful for that 2.5%. But the fact is that God really blesses generous people. Acts 20, verse 35 says this. 
I have showed you all things. How that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says this. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. By the way, this is just not about money. In fact, sometimes I'd rather pay for something than to give up my time. You guys know what I'm talking about? It's a lot easier sometimes just to give money, but when we re what we really need sometimes is to give our time. Or maybe it's to, to give our talents. I've been looking, some of the projects we need to do is we need to get rid of all these Brazilian peppers around here. And I, we had a good start on them, and then I found out you can't burn them. No, can't burn Brazilian peppers because it puts off a, a, something that will hurt people. So, so I want to get rid of the neighborhood. <laughs> um, so what I found out is we got to either crush them all, uh, you know, mulch them all up or have somebody mulch them up or have somebody haul them off. So I got a bid on cutting down some Brazilian peppers and, and getting rid of them, and, and I thought, whoa. It's, yeah, just to do what's around the pond is about $8,000. So I'm going to ask you all to come with your chainsaws one day. We'll cut it all up, pile it up, and then we'll get somebody to haul it off. It'd be a lot cheaper that way. But you know what? Maybe one of you said, I don't want to spend that time. I'll give you $8,000. Go get it done. <laughs> Listen, if we invest our time, we give our time. It, it's all our life. Our time, our talents, our, our treasures, our love. Do you realize the more love you give, the more love you're going to get back? That's a great biblical principle. To love. This giving, this generosity, it's just not about money. It's about your life. Proverbs 22.9 says this, He that hath a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he giveth of his bread to the poor. You guys uh, know that we do the Homeless Coalition once a month. Guess what day we're doing Homeless Coalition this year? Christmas Day. We don't have to cook this year. We were kind of, that's kind of good. But we're all to go serve. Uh, Elijah's family's going to be there. Our family's going to be there. And I think we're going to go see Star Wars after that. But I don't know. I've heard all these things. Some say it's bad. Some say it's good. I don't know. I, I don't get. If y'all are Star Wars geeks, and, and I doubt probably too many in here are, but some people get so into this stuff, and they try to figure all this stuff out. I just go like to see the lights and the flashing and the swords and the. I'm not real deep. <laughs> it's always fun to see those, all those lights go. Mm. Proverbs 19, verse 17. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. What a great thought that is. When we are generous to the poor and we take care of helping people, and like these baskets, the kids that are going to be getting these baskets are really needy. And we have supplied lots of, of, of food and, and supplies for them and then money so they can go get something. And what a blessing that is. It's, it's, 
it says that we're lending to God. And I don't think God's a debtor to anyone. He, will, he always repays a whole lot more than we get. Deuteronomy 24, 19. When thou cuttest down thine harvest in the field and hast forgot a sheep in the field, thou shalt not go again and fetch it. It shall be for the stranger, for the fatherless, and for the widow, that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all the work of thine hands. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Proverbs 11, 24, 25, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered himself. See, when generous living, it produces emotional happiness. It, 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 it produces spiritual holiness, and really, it produces material prosperity. Generous people are super blessed. Now, let me just stop here for just a second, because I don't want you thinking I'm going into a prosperity gospel. That is not right. Um, I'm not asking you to give so you can get a whole bunch more. I'm not, that is not, that's not scriptural. Uh, the way it's presented so many places. You watch the guys on TV, they'll give you a handkerchief that they wipe their head with, you give them a bunch of money, they call it seed money. If you give that seed money, and they'll, they'll, that means that God will give you a whole bunch more, that's not scriptural. Okay, Those people are not always honest. They're getting extremely rich and it's not going into to the gospel to further the kingdom of God. It's going into pockets. And let me, I've been around some of those folks who are, are really into that and believe me, it's, it's, it's a sham. I'm not preaching at, this is, listen, when we are generous, we are, are given so much more. We are given that abundant life. Let me tell you, it, it's a lot more than cash. You sometimes, sometimes cash is not a great measure of wealth. Did you know that? Yesterday, I felt like one of the most wealthy people around. We opened our house up and several of y'all came and we were able to, to give you some food and have some fellowship and share the, the, the great house that God gave us. It's not a big fancy place, but it sure is comfortable and nice and we are blessed. I am, I, I am just incredibly wealthy because I have a great family and I have a great church family and I get, to, I, I get the rewards of what God gives us. You see, wealth is not always measured in, in cash. But there are some, some, some things that we need to do, some, some, some principles, some criteria that will help us become generous people. So let me, let me go through that. Number one, to become a generous person, a, generous, a, a genuine generosity gives the first and the best to God. This is a principle from the Old Testament. Uh, Proverbs 3, 9, and 10, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of thine increase. So shall the barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. You heard that term tithing? 
ten, it means ten percent. And in the Old Testament, before the old, before the uh, law came out, that was going on. If you read back, you'll see that that Abraham gave a tenth of his spoil um, to the uh, uh, to Melchizedek, the king of Salem. And then you find out it was incorporated in the law, in the Old Testament. And now we're not under the Old Testament law. But some of those same principles come that we should go and give the first of what God has given us. We're not to give it out of uh, out of a duty. It should be given out of love. Okay. Um, if you've come up through some types of churches, some ministries, some of the ones like I've been in, that you felt if you didn't give that ten percent, God was going to get you. I've heard it preached from the pulpit. I heard him preach, well, you know, you didn't give your 10% this week, you're probably going to have a, a flat tire or your car's going to break down and you'll spend it someplace. I'm not going to say, we, need, we don't give out of guilt, we give out of love. We give out of love. And we're to give the first. Genuine generosity means we give the first and the best to God. Not only that, genuine generosity is regular and systematic. 1 Corinthians 16.2 Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Give in the rhythm that you get. The Bible says the first day of the week. That's when church comes to meet. That's when the old, in the New Testament and early church, they came to meet on the first day of the week. Not the Sabbath. Sabbath's the last day of the week. That's the Jewish tradition. Christians met on the first day of the week celebrating resurrection. And guess when they met? They didn't meet Sunday mornings. You realize that? A little, little sidelight here. They couldn't meet Sunday mornings because they were working. They met Sunday nights after work. And that's why they'd be tired. And when Paul would preach long, guys would fall out of the windows because they'd fall asleep. You'd have to go raise them from the dead. <laughs> We're okay. We give you coffee so you can stay up all the time during the service. No, it's to give uh, on a regular systematic thing. And, and I get paid weekly, and my money goes straight in. In fact, I never see it. it. We have this thing called an app. What a great modern invention. It just goes straight there. I don't have to write a check anymore. Or my wife doesn't have to write a check. I don't have to try to figure with cash. It just It's there. Every week. Now, my wife gets paid every two weeks. So she writes a check for hers and any other things that we want to add in. Some of you all get paid once a month, so you give once a month. When we're going to give regular and systematic, however you get your money, that's where you give it. Unless you like to just partial it out, that's okay too. But re give regularly and systematically. And then genuine generosity is proportional. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 again. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Listen, if you make a little, you give a little. If you make a lot, you give a lot. That's the principle. It's proportional. You know, we sometimes think we've got to just go over and above and 
beyond to keep up with somebody else if we know what they're doing. And, and God's not that demanding on us. He demands faithfulness and faith and what he asks us to do. If you make a little money, you give a little money. You know, that's why that, that 10% thing is such a, a, a great idea. You're just given a percentage of your income, of what God has given you. Because remember, we go back, God owns it all, and he's the one that's supplying it, and we're just taking care of it. So it's proportional. Genuine generosity, though, here's the next step, is sacrificial. 2 Corinthians 8, chapters 1 through 4, or <laughs> verses 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia, how that in great trial of affliction and abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of liberality. That's generosity. For, excuse me, for to their power I bear record, yea, beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying with much entreaty, that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of ministering to the saints. What was going on is the church in Jerusalem was under great persecution and they were going broke and all the churches in Asia Minor were taking up offerings to send back to take care of these, these people in Jerusalem who were suffering such great persecution. And, and these churches, some of them were poor, but they just went over and above. They sacrificially gave by faith to take care of other believers. Now, you look back here on this wall, it says faith promise missions. That's how we supply our missionaries with the, that we support. We give above our normal offerings by faith. We ask God to, to, to we'll be doing this in March. We have a, a faith promise missions conference. We've got some great missionaries lined up. I want to tell you about that. Um, we've got Daniel and Lacey they're going to be here and their ministry is to to stop human trafficking and they work out of Nashville and in Thailand and Philippines and they can teach us how we can battle human trafficking and human slavery in this world do you realize there's more slavery today than ever before it's 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 awful and Christians around this world are being enslaved and young children are being it's awful and you know what? We look for the government to do something about it. They're not going to do something about it. It's our responsibility as a church to try to, to help stop this. We have Ward Hodges here. Ward is part of Covenant Ministries. He pastors a church in Lake Mary, the same church I used to pastor. And Ward uh, took us on a trip to Israel. We went with him. And he uh, and Covenant Ministries um, have adopted the, uh, a group of army, Israeli army people in the Golan Heights. And we got to go up there, and we got to see some really cool stuff and, and be, oh, I don't know, maybe 100 yards from the Syrian border eating apples <laughs> and waiting for something to happen. Um, Ward's going to be here and explain how that through the, the, their ministry, young Israeli soldiers are coming to know Christ. By the way, military ministry is one of the greatest ways of spreading the gospel ever. Um, that was one of the huge ways it was spread in the early church. It's still one of the greatest ways. So there, that ward will be here. We'll have a church planner here who's planning a church in Maitland, Florida. We'll have, 
it's going to be an amazing time. And what we're going to do is we're going to ask God to show us what to give, and we're going to sacrificially give above our normal giving so that we can support our missionaries. Corey Kirshner, we sent him out. He's in Taiwan, and they're doing great. They're learning, getting through the language and learning Mandarin. I don't, I don't envy them. I spent some time in Japan and Korea, and I picked up bad things of the language. They got a job. I could not. <laughs> no, all I can say is bad things in those languages. Amazing young family. And we, if you go see our missionaries back there, some of y'all may not even know this. We have a wall, and we focus on each missionary every week. We have a book that, that talks about who our missionaries are and what they do. We've got the Shaw's, two generations of Shaw's, in Mexico doing incredible work. We have two generations of Solomons in Thailand. And we have people all over this world, and we support them. And they come and they will talk to us, and, and we do that through our sacrificial giving. Number five. Genuine generosity is thoughtful, voluntary, and worshipful. 2 Corinthians 9, starting at verse 5. Therefore I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof you have noticed before that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as covetousness. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, or of a necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. You know, pastors and preachers have found it really easy to try to guilt people into things. But God doesn't do that. You notice what he's saying here? He wants you to be thoughtful. He says, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort you, brethren, that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty. That's the gift. Wherever you had notice that at the same time you might be ready as a matter of bounty, the gift, and not as covetousness, not greedily give. He's telling us, you think and pray about the gift you're going to give. You, you, you think through this thing. And then you don't give grudgingly. Well, he also says, He that soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. There's a proportional thing there again. You give a little, you get a little. You give a lot, you get a lot. It's proportional. Your giving is proportional. That's kind of the, the law of the harvest. You sow a little bit. You plant a little bit of stuff. I'm thinking that maybe before we can get our core project done, we ought to build a good a garden. Any of y'all good at gardening? We need to, to plow up some land up here, and we could plant us a community garden, and we could we can have a good time with that. But if we're going to plant something, if you've ever planted anything, you've got to plant a lot to get a lot. You just plant one or two seeds and just get one or two things of collard greens growing up, you're not going to have enough to feed everybody. Y'all, I saw that look. You don't like collard greens. 
I'm just thinking New Year's is coming, and we always have collard greens on New Year's. Sowing and reaping are part of this giving thing. And then this is really the, 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 the crux of this matter. Every man according as he purposed in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. There's the two things. Not, oh, I just can't believe I'm going to give this. Or not because God's going to get me if I don't give this. You understand? But out of a cheerful heart. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Because we love God. Because we're, that word actually means hilarious. We give with, 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 with great love and great hilarity. And we just, it's wonderful to give. That's what God's looking for. That's what a mark of generosity is. So let me kind of review this and then we'll, we'll get to the next point. Genuine generosity gives the first and the best to God. Genuine generosity is regular, systematic. It's proportional. It's sacrificial. And it's thoughtful. It's voluntary. And it's worshipful. We worship when we give. We're worshiping. And I'm not going to send Guido to your house to collect the money. A couple other facts here. God prospers me not to raise my standard of living, but to raise my standard of giving. That's a quote from Randy Alcorn, who, who wrote a book called The Treasure Principle. Here's some scripture to back that up. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always have all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. We're always going to have a sufficiency when we are generous. And, and we don't get generous just to raise our standard of living. How many of you found out the higher your standard of living you get, the more expensive it is for you to hang on? <laughs> I know some people who are incredibly wealthy, but you would never know it to look at them. You would never know it because they've kept their standard of living a reasonable, nice standard of living. And they give, and they give, and they give, and they usually do it anonymously, and you would be so surprised to find out all they have, and then all they give away. And they are blessed. God does that for us. He, he blesses us tremendously, and he raises our, our, he gives us more, he prospers us so that we can give more to help others prosper. We'll always have a lot. That ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. 
God will supply all that we need so that we may be able to do all that we can. As we're giving out these baskets, man, it is a generous thing for what, what we're doing. We're giving a lot of that. But let me tell you something, God blesses our church because of that. God blesses our church because we take care of our missionaries. God blesses our church because we take care of the staff. God blesses our church. He blesses your giving so that we can go and give more and do more. We can reach more people. Here is really the key. The key to become a habitually generous and experience that, that happiness is faith. It takes faith. I know when I first learned these principles of giving, man, it was hard. Go back to faith promise. When it first started, the church I went to, you just put a dime, I think it was a dime a day into a little bank, and then you turned it in at the end of the year, and that was a missions offering. Well, then they changed it to faith promise and they asked us to pray about giving. And I think our first faith promise commitment was $5 a week. And man, that $5 seemed like it was going to kill us because we weren't really wealthy. We were, I was a college student. And as soon as you worked and we had kids and we didn't have any money, that $5 went a long way. In those days, you could eat at McDonald's for five bucks. All three of us. As we gave, faith came. As we exercised our faith, God blessed. He provided. Even in the midst of, we're here at Christmas time, the greatest Christmas we ever had is because God blessed us for our faithfulness. Cynthia was pregnant with Zachary. She had to go on bed rest. She used up all her vacations, so we didn't have much. I was working two jobs and going to school, and we just didn't have much. And it wasn't look; it was not looking like it was going to be a great Christmas. People from the church brought us a whole bunch of stuff, and then the people from her work—not the people from the church—people who weren't even involved in church—brought stuff to our house, and it was one of the greatest Christmases ever because we were faithful. God blessed us. It takes faith. Faith tells us that we are will not that we will refuse to chase the wind. Ecclesiastes two eleven. The most wise man, the wealthiest man that this ever recorded in Scripture, and really probably ever on this earth, Solomon wrote these words. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, on all the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, it was all vanity and vexation of spirit. And there was no profit under the sun. Faith says, refuse to chase the wind. Faith also says, enjoy God's provision. 1 Timothy 6.19 Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. You know that's why we give here. We give here so that we can go out and share the gospel. Yeah, every one of us are supposed to do that. But as a ministry, we go, as the Bible says, to the highways and hedges. 
Every one of these baskets will have a gospel witness in it. Every, uh, we will get to talk to several of these families. We have seen, we go into these public schools every week and we talk to these kids and we share the gospel. And it does cost money to do these things. And the money that we're investing is, well, what did I say? Over 60 people since may have come to know Christ because of the investment of the people in this church. 60 people have gone from darkness to light, from hell to heaven because of our giving. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that wonderful? Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing? We're laying up treasures in heaven. We are giving out the gospel. And the more that we are able to give, the more we'll be able to, to, to the more people we'll be able to reach. Faith also tells us that God rewards those who step out and trust Him. Hebrews 11.6 But without faith it is impossible to please Him, for he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. God rewards faith. Folks, I really don't like talking about money. And I probably won't talk about it until this time next year. Let me, let me tell you a little story here. A little legend. It's called the, the parable of the pump. Some of you may have heard this. It says, there's a legend of a man who was lost in the desert, dying of thirst. He stumbled on until he came to an abandoned house. Outside the dilapidated, windowless, weather-beaten, deserted shack was a pump. He staggered forward, began pumping furiously, but no water came out. Then he noticed a small jug with a cork at the top and a note written on the side. The note said this, You have to prime the pump with water, my friend. Make sure that you use all of the water or the pump will not work. P.S. And fill the jug again before you leave. He pulled out the cork and saw that the jug was full of water. Should he pour it down the pump? What if it didn't work? all the water would be gone. If he drank the water from the jug, he could be sure that he would not die of thirst. But to pour it down the rusty pump on the flimsy instruction written on the outside of the jug? Something told him to follow the advice and chose the, and he chose the risky decision. He proceeded to pour the whole jug of water down that rusty old pump and Furiously pumped it up and down. Sure enough, the water gushed out. He had all he needed to drink. The question comes to us, are we content with the status quo? Are we willing to, the, to, to, to take the necessary risk to bring thousands of unchurched people that just live within five miles of our doors into a relationship with Christ? That's the question. Let me close this way. Do you feel happy when you've been kind and generous with your time, your talent, your treasure, your love? What steps do you need to 
to take to fulfill God's criteria to becoming a generous person. Think about those things. And then once again, remember why we are becoming generous. Next week I'm going to talk about the incredible gifts that were given on Christmas. The first Christmas. The greatest gift of all is Jesus Christ. Who came into this world. Lived a perfect life. And laid that perfect life down to take care of our sins. He was buried and he rose again. That's the gospel. If we believe the gospel, we call on the Lord Jesus as our Savior. Our sins will be forgiven and we'll inherit eternal life. That's why we give. That's why we give our time. Miss Kate, I know that it's not always fun going to Good News Club and giving those two hours on that Tuesday afternoon. This year's not as bad as last. And the year before that was even a little crazy too. Some do have really good kids this year. They're nice kids. Mike, that two hours on Thursday afternoon at the middle school, it's always crazy there. He's the doorman. He scares them all. He hands out bathroom passes. You were there the day that 18 of them received Christ as their Savior there, weren't you? See, it's not just about giving your, your money. That's important. It's about giving your time. It's about giving your talent. Mike's talent is scaring kids. <laughs> now, I tell you what, he, he works with a good news club, too. And if you look at him, he can be kind of intimidating. Most kids love him. They love Ben, too. Eric back there. Man, the kids in the Bahamas just thought he was the best thing ever. It's given your time. It's given your talents. It's be willing to, to, to give some love. It's not always fun at the Homeless Coalition. Though it's fast. We get things done in there. We get it out, in and out. But sometimes, you know, sometimes those people complain about the food. And we really treat them good when we cook. <laughs> I don't know. But listen, it, it, it's about giving and being Christ-like. He gave all for us. It's about getting the gospel out. As we use all these different methods to show love, and as we give in all these different places with our time, with our treasure, with our ta talents, it's so that we can share the gospel and see lives transformed. Here this morning, you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Let me tell you, that's the first step. That's receiving a gift. In a minute, we'll have an invitation, and you'll, you'll have that opportunity to, to come, and we'll open a Bible and, and walk you through the Scriptures so you can know for sure that heaven's your home. Let me encourage you. Let's be generous.